things you stick to no matter what uh, and, and things that help guide uh, your life completely. But it's, it's what you hold the, in highest esteem that you're going to do no matter what the circumstances. Welcome to the Center Memphis podcast. I'm your host, Brantley Davidson. I'm here with Executive Director of the Center Memphis, Howard Graham. Howard, how's your Friday going? It's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, up early. We had a group. Yeah. Well, I learned a lot of things this morning. We're coming to you um, live this morning. Um, we are. Uh, this is our second episode. We are now live on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so please... Uh, depending on wherever you like to do your podcast listening, please go give us a follow or subscribe, uh, rate and review us. Um, we'd also love to hear any feedback that you may have on what's been helpful, maybe what some content that you wish that you could hear. Um, uh, we are in Memphis, Tennessee, so you will hear some trains in the background. We just feel like that's the authentic way to do this podcast this morning. Um, Howard, last week we uh, – or. Uh, two weeks ago on last week's episode of the podcast, we met and talked about purpose. Uh, could you give us maybe a brief recap of that? Maybe before we go into this week's um, content on uh, core values. Yes. To know, I think everybody has in their heart and soul, uh, they may, they know their purpose. And when we go against it, uh, it's not, it's not helpful. So whether you, somebody can live by the spirit all the time or somebody who writes things down, knowing and establishing your purpose so that it's ingrained in your heart to know your why, why you're here. And you can know. And God's word is so encouraging there uh, that we're here to follow him and be his witnesses and to make all things new. And that purpose is really not only uh, defines reality, but it offers us all sorts of hope. Yeah. I think that's awesome, and I think the challenge even for us, and one of the things that we were even sort of talking about on the last episode, as I sort of you know asked you what your what your why is and what your purpose is, I think are things that we want listeners of of this podcast and people that come to this center to know their why so well that it can be stated like that, that it is written down, that it's something that's evaluated, that it's something that in community structures we can talk through and have relationships with people, with our coworkers, with our community here at the center that's thinking through how we build up what it's like to follow Jesus and work in this city um, and help glor- and, and glorify him. I think those are things like that we're, that we're helping to have a foundation for as we move into some of the content that we're going to discuss today. I agree. I agree. You know, to know uh, the center, our why, right. to, to, to help others know the reality of God's word and the hope of God's word and how that is useful to everyday life and is transformative and then to encourage others to to build up businesses for the kingdom to build yeah. up their purpose for the kingdom. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, today we do want to get in and talk a, talk a little bit about values. Uh, recap some of the things um, from the discussion from this past week and it is connected to uh, what we talked about previously on um, knowing your why. So Howard first when we don't live on purpose, when we don't know our why, um, we live by accident. Yeah. And, it, and we find ourselves, we, we, I know we watched the video in the center in, uh, this morning in our session, but we, say, we end up saying we're sorry all the time. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, and, this, and this question back by this wife, well, what, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't do it on purpose. We mm. don't want to do things on accident. We want to do things on purpose, and to do that takes us wrestling with, 
uh, why we're here and what we value uh, to do that. Yeah, and one of the examples that I think you gave um, was, a, was a quote by Freud. Do you want to get into that and just sort of discuss some of the impacts on that in terms of living not on accident? And specifically, yes, and actually as Frankel uh, looking at, in his book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, looking at some of the biggest philosophers of the day, he also got it wrong. Freud said man would be content yeah. with pleasure, that man would find his uh, purpose and contentment and pleasure. And uh, Adler and Nietzsche both said, oh, it's about power. If man has power, then he'll know he's, he's living his life and have meaning. But Frankel, who was in a, a concentration camp, and the Nazi concentration camp saw people without pleasure and without power, and yet they still had great meaning when they had a purpose, when they knew what they were part of, when they knew that a project that mattered. You know, he saw people living out and having nothing, and literally their lives about to be taken from them, but still living uh, with hope and meaning. Yeah. Well, I think the, the examples that are discussed there, it, it immediately turns you into what we value, what you value as an individual, what we maybe even value as communities. And, and one of the ways that we discussed that was even going through um, Matthew 13, 44, which says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. I think that that says a lot about values, that it really is an example um, that Jesus is using to say one man's value is even reframed to value something even more. And I think that that's an interesting thing that, we, you know, we sort of started to get into a little bit and apply even to the context of how we start to think about what our values are and how it impacts what we're doing every day. Yeah. Your values are set in, in what lasts the longest. What is the most enduring value, the companies that have created great uh, purpose and value statements that, that last over time uh, have, have been outwardly focused, we see. But here in that parable, which is to, to me one of the most unlocking parables, and one that, it unlocks the entire Bible, that you see that really the, that value is defined as, as the kingdom of heaven and enjoy everything else you thought was valuable, everything up to that point that you <laughs> thought was valuable, you, you sell, you surrender, you get rid of because you have found real value that lasts forever. Yeah. So in the content of, of, of thinking through values, you had three examples of some companies um, where we were literally seeing, I think, some of their value statements. Which one was your favorite? And would you sh sort of go through some of their values with us just as a reminder? I think in one way, it's a classic example that Jim Collins and Jerry Porras give us in their, in their article from Harvard Business Review, but Sony, uh, because I think uh, whether totally redemptive or not, and that's what we were doing, comparing everything to God's word, but they from the beginning, after World War II, uh, said about Sony, you know, we, hey, it, 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 that we want to make our company raise the level of how the Japanese culture is esteemed for hmm. all the world. Hmm. Here they were, just been bombed at their lowest of lows, uh, known for making cheap transistor pro products that probably all the people in World War II used. But they, they said they wanted to see um, Sony make an imprint uh, for the Japanese culture forever, and that's what everyone says. Uh, the, about companies that endure is that I'm not, it's not an internal gain hmm. that you're looking at, but that it's something that is societal, something that lasts forever. Um, 
And uh, that's something that is huge. And n- not only did they do that when they started, and nowhere in their values, by the way, is technology. Right. Flat screens, or at the time, Walkman. Right. <laughs> none of that, you know, none of the things we know Sony for, but yet they didn't say it, nothing. There's no what in their values. There's no what they're making. It's just how they raise and respect uh, the culture and people and, uh, and creativity. And yet, uh, 20 years later, they were seen as one of the world's mo- world's most recognized brands as Fortune started tracking that in the 80s. Yeah. Well, I think it, it is fascinating because when you see, when, when we were looking at those values um, sort of blindly and looking at what, you know, what Sony's values were, I was really surprised to not see technology be a part of that because on the outside, from a consumer perspective, that's what I just sort of assumed that they would have as a value, right? It's doing something great to make great products that people can leverage and whether it's make their life easier or whatever it is. But then the the bigger principle on the, the Japanese culture piece is a fascinating thing that I think sort of helps move us a little bit into sort of the second theme of discussion points, which is, you know, whether it's individuals or companies, purpose is really driven by what we value. And so to your point on like the Sony example, their values were different and it had a, a bigger, um, uh, they were trying to accomplish something larger than just developing really great products. So to even start to give in to understanding purpose and um, how it being driven from what we value, I think we have to define what values are. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, about what specifically are, like how do you define values? Yeah, I think that verse uh, that you already read uh, defines values better than anything. When you see something that is it, it, it is more valuable than others, so it, it is a comparison to make. Uh, and the and great companies choose uh, as a case where a company chose uh, innovation over quality, and that seems crazy. But at the same time, they're only going to have a few, and so you, you things you stick to no matter what, uh, and and things that help guide. Uh, your life completely, but it's, it's what you hold the, in highest esteem that you're going to do no matter what the circumstances. Uh, circumstances don't define you. Your values and the promises you make and keep off those values are what define a person. Right. So if these, this was one thing that I was thinking through today, and I'm sure this is where we're headed a little bit, is that if values are these key, key tenets that in, endure, you know, we were looking at them from a biblical perspective as well, but what are some of the things that as individuals, you know, as listeners to this and as folks that are coming to the center, you know, you gave us some homework to even start to really think through what our values are um, and, and I think really even start to write some of those things down. How would you even encourage us to start to move to some of those ways using the biblical examples that we provided um, and, and really starting to hold on to some of those things? Is there even a number, for instance, that you would say that we should start to have? Um. I don't know if it should be numeric, but let me start. The, I'll start at the beginning of your question, uh, yeah. too. I think just like your purpose, if it's not eternal, if it's not lasting forever, you will become frustrated. You will, you will come to the end of it. And God does a great work in our lives that we're, I'm grateful for, that I've come to the end of some of my temporary purposes, some of my temporary values. Uh, you can think that the things you've thrown away, and Paul says they were rubbish compared to surpassing uh, value of knowing Jesus Christ and him crucified in his life. And so there are things um, that if you don't have the right ones, you will come to the end of them. Mm. So in defining reality and offering hope, when we use God's word to define it, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18, 
really important verse that everything we can see is temporary. If we can't see it, it's eternal. Mm-hmm. So let's so focus on what is eternal, not what is temporary. And so that tells us right there that all this stuff we get caught up in every every day that God uses the uh, foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Uh, that's another great input. But the but the weak to 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 build up and and show what is ultimately His. And so. First, I want to make sure that the values I'm choosing are eternal and they last. And then I've got this input. Wow, wait a minute. I can't, if it's last, I can't see it. Right. That just begs more questions. Right. I thought you'd ask a question off that. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, it's, it's, I think the, the, the foundational component um, of just reminding us that what we, and it seems obvious, right? I think that, at least for the Christian, it seems obvious that our values should be things that are eternal. Um, Jesus reminds us of this in his gospels frequently. You know, this was, I was even thinking this morning of what he says, what Jesus says in Luke 12, of just the simple principle of there your heart, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So connecting our values of what we treasure to the heart, to the core of like who we are as humans, um, as made in Christ. And it, um, it's simple, but it also is unbelievably complex, I think, and thinking through how we really hold those true, hold ourselves accountable to making sure that is what are my values really eternal? Am I holding myself to really only value what's eternal? And then the question is, how does that get applied to real life in our real working environment? Yeah. I love what you said about the heart, and that's something that lasts forever. Especially we define it as our soul, God's word, right? Um, and and the souls of men. You know, God is word. The souls of men are the key things that last forever. So I know, I know my heart, and define it, and that's how. So we'll go back to the corporate world for a second. How companies can make quick decisions, and employees who really live them out, and have made the trade-offs. Uh, Chick-fil-A uh, uh, comes up, but they've made the trade-off to not be open on Sunday. People challenge their policy uh, about what they do, and yet and, you know, and they want them to change certain things about the way they handle employee-related uh, policies and who, what they accept and what their benefits are for those people. And people are going to then protest. So your values, whether you agree with it or not, is really not the point of somebody's value. What they agree with is, is it's so ingrained that, that people can react to it. In that case, that when they were when Chick-fil-A was protested and, and said we're gonna really hurt your business by protesting and not letting anybody in, what those people do, they went out and served them nuggets and ch- chicken yeah. sandwiches. They loved them. They they kept their values even when they were threatened. And then that story uh, leads to make they don't believe them. And so people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. That's right. And then all of a sudden it, it, Chick-fil-A has probably uh, exploded even further since then. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you were with the Chick-fil-A example, I think one of the things that throughout our friendship and and working together too you know we we've both aligned on if if there's aren't certain principles that are established it's really hard to move into how do you do it that's one thing that i've learned from you uh, and it's one thing that i've continued to in my working life take a step back that if i can't align on the correct principle approach or potentially value in this certain scenario then it's hard to really know how to move forward and, and how to apply or, or the, to, to, to move into the right next step practically. And I think 
that as we maybe move into ending this episode, that's one thing that I just would love to hear you maybe talk a little bit more on is like the practicality and the application of this, right? Is that as our values that are eternal, if we're thinking through what they are, as individuals and then how that maybe applies into our vocational context, we still have to get stuff done, right? So how does this influence it and impact it? It's great. And it is. And, and that's some of the great discussions we've had all week at the center, but some other things that last, you know, faith, hope, and love. We hear this at many weddings uh, and that's Second Corinthians 13, 13. Uh, these three remain faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So let's just take love. And peep in that, and knowing that someone's soul lasts forever. So loving God ab- above all else, and then loving your neighbor as yourself. And Rick Warren arrested me of this 20 years ago as I read the Purpose Driven Life. But I was I was quite bold and happy to say, let's let's see what you owe me in our our one to one update, and let's see what I owe you, and let's right. get that done, and then let's talk about how everybody's doing. Yeah. You know, then let's then let's shoot the breeze. And I was just arrested by that and by another mentor uh, who, who follows Bob Beal and, and some input. But I need to be asking the first question, how are you doing? Right. And that changes. So that person's soul lasts forever. I need to be present for them in love. That lasts forever. And the project, whether it seems whether the client's bringing, breathing down our neck or it's due or whatever deadline you put on that, what, how, the, how they spent last night uh, what kind of frame of mind they're in this morning uh, matters. And it's a chance to encourage their soul, literally. Mm. And so to know how they're doing then affects the rest. Right. And the trade-off is, and so the question was, well, don't projects matter? How can a company ever get built? How can a Tesla get built without some projects? How can an iPhone? How can you know, a project be done? Well, ultimately, that person has to, there's an exchange of value that everybody has to make to an organization to participate in it and move its mission forward, especially when you keep certain values. But if you put the person first, they're going to be much more. They may not be able to do anything on that project today, but if they're the right person in the right job, which is a whole not- that's a whole other episode, yep. then we can encourage them today, keep put them first today, and they'll come back bolder than ever mm. and more with, with more vigor to, to accomplish those projects, and the company mission will move forward together uh, if we all stay aligned. It's such a great reminder because it is so easy to get just wrapped up in the project and the deliverable and the activities and tasks for the day and forget that what, depending on how large or small the, the, the company is, we, we are in a community context and with, with our vocations. We have the ability um, and God calls us to have real relationships with all people yeah. and when we focus on the project and the task and the deliverable, we forget the soul. We forget the heart. We forget the peace of where we're called to have, I think, eternal influence yeah. Yeah. and be kingdom builders. And ultimately, I think that there's also more success to be had, if you put a secular spin on it at times, is relationships are where things really are built and grown. And I think that if we're focusing on those individuals too, um, it helps reframe um, and, and really apply the values that we have together with this kingdom mindset. That's right. That's right. It marks my not thinking that way marks some of my biggest mistakes. Yeah. And, and thinking that way are some of those biggest turning points where it, it, it is about this person. 
Yeah. It is about how it impacts people. It is about how it lasts. Or it's temporary. And who wants it to be temporary? Right. And I think I, I love sort of ending with, with sort of the mistake comment because we're, we're human and we're sinners and we're messed up. And one of the reasons why the center Memphis is here is so that we can have these right principles, talk through them, and even admit our failures together in a way to learn how to improve and do a better job because it, it, what we're, why we're trying to improve is for the glory of God. And I've, I fail at this every day. I can name three times yesterday that I failed at it. And I thought about the project instead of the relationship and instead of the person. And so there's freedom in knowing that as one who is a Christian, we're claimed by Christ in a way that helps set the direction of what we should be doing. And we can come to his feet and say, Lord, I need your help to do this. It's an impossible task and we need him and his spirit to guide us to do it correctly. Yeah, that's true. And it, it doesn't create slack work. That's the tension. Right. Does it create slack work? No, no. There's no way that we can love somebody and, and turn back in something uh, less than our best. Yeah. We can't love God and not turn in our best. We can't love those we're ser- we serve and not turn in our best. Uh, so we can focus on the person, and that will help them turn in their do their best. Yeah, awesome. So, Howard, uh, we've talked about all this. How does this lead to next week? Yeah, so you bring why you're made, what you're about at your core. You bring the values, the things you hold important. And then whether you're a company or a leader or running a, an organization, then you need a vivid description of mm. what, what future looks like. What if we did all this to its best, like the, like the, like the Sony was able to do? Right. I, boy, boy, all of Japanese culture would be raised. So what's the vivid description of the outcome that probably is never att- totally attainable. The best vivid descriptions are, are somewhat of a dream. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. That's a core input the next week. Yeah. But we will see how to plan out a vivid description because we don't plan it on purpose. It won't happen. But we want to we learn to plan those visions and vivid, to have vision and, and play out what that looks like if it happens. Awesome. I'm excited to hear about it. Well, thanks for joining and listening with us. For those that came to the Center Memphis this week, uh, we enjoyed seeing you. For those of you that are joining um, through the podcast, um, share it with your friends. Give us feedback on where we can continue to grow and do a better job um, and talk through some of these issues. Um, If you want to talk directly about things that are going on in your life um, from a vocational perspective or just how to um, apply these to your daily life, Howard's here. Go to thecentermemphis.org. Um, sign up. He'd love to have a one-on-one session with you um, and get you into the center and start being part of this community together. Uh, Again, follow, rate, subscribe to podcasts. Give us a follow on the Center Memphis on Instagram, um, and we'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for joining us.